So uh, Die Willie Die is a, a film, a documentary, um, and is geared towards healing the black family from multi-generational trauma. So it, it takes a journey. It's, it's pretty much my journey of um, examining myself and, and wanting to fix the things that I, that I see in me with my children so that they can provide a better platform for their children and we continuously improve the lives of each generation thereafter. Welcome to Season 6 of Black Family Table Talk. We are your hosts, Tony and Tony. Listen in weekly as we share unique stories that inspire, build, and give voice to strengthen Black families. This season is sponsored by Franz Body Care. These are handmade products made from organic ingredients. I personally recommend you try Free Me Deodorant. It really works, and it's free of aluminum, talc, perfumes, and other harmful pore-clogging substances. You can shop these and other Black-owned businesses on our website at blackfamilytabletalk.com. Okay, welcome to the Black Family Table Talk. We got Ron O, Ron Elliott Jr. in the house today. Such a pleasure to have. I'm so excited about this interview and the work that you're doing. Tell us about this project. My pleasure. Tell us about this project, Die Willie Die. So uh, Die Willie Die is a a film, a documentary, um, and is geared towards healing the Black family from multi-generational trauma. So it it takes a journey. It's it's pretty much my journey of um, examining myself and and wanting to fix the things that that I see in me with my children so that they can provide a better platform for their children and we continuously improve the lives of each generation thereafter. Where did it stem from? Where did you get the inclination to to do it? So the Die Willie Die, I got the inclination to do this film. Um, it it kind of goes way back in, into my life. Um, when I was uh, when I was young, uh, high school age, uh, my parents they visited the Great Blacks and Wax Museum, and they bought this T-shirt back for me, and it said, "Now we lynch ourselves." And at the time, you know, I grew up during an era where, where, you know, the drug, you know, it was the drug era. Um, a lot of my friends and family were, were drug dealers and I mean, you know, things like that. So as I, as a young person looking to do something different or hoping to do something different, I realized that a lot of the problems we were having, we were, we had a choice and we were putting those things on ourselves. So as I fast forwarded, I got to college. And, you know, in college, you, you get more awake, I guess. <laughs> uh, I, I went to a predominantly white college. I went to Michigan State University. Mm-hmm. And um, at, at Michigan State University, I was one of the founding members of the Black Poets Society. Wow. And, and so uh, in that space, we created the Black Poets Society because we felt like we didn't have any outlets as African-Americans on campus to, to do our arts and things like that. So that opened me up to um studying more things and i came across a song called uh uh Re- redefinition by uh most deaf and talib kwali uh also known as black star and in the song talib kwali has a line where he says i'll make a slave by willie lynch is still applying so when i heard that it rewound me back to high school remember and now we lynch ourselves willie lynch the two things came together for me 
And I, I did some research, started reading the book. Now, at the time I read the book, I thought this was real. <laughs> like I thought Willie Lynch was an actual person. So I'm like, wow, like this is a scientifically engineered way to stop black people from prospering. And um, I, I, it touched my heart then, but I didn't know what to do with it. Right. So I had this personal mission from that day forward that I'm going to figure out a way to fix this situation. So the irony of it is you fast forward. I'm a father now. I have a daughter. And I'm really watching, you know, what I say, what I do, how I do it. Me and my wife are having these type of conversations because like, yo, the kids, you know, they're going to do what they see you do. And I got the light bulb. Aha, aha, there, you know, that you change. You can't change adults, but you can change children. So how do you change children? You change yourself, right? Because they're going to watch more than they listen. So once I had my first daughter and realized that, that was the power of change that kind of, you know, fueled the flame, so to say, to get to this point. The mm -hmm. movie itself, at that time, I had no idea I was going to make a movie or was intent on making a movie or anything like that. What actually drove me to doing the movie is coronavirus, <laughs> COVID-19, right? Uh, the world shut down. At the beginning of it, I got really sick. I had the thing. I thought I was dying. And my business, I had a lot of stuff lined up for business. Everything just went away, right? And uh, I was sitting at home and I was like, okay, I got to do something with my time because I can't do real estate right now. I, I don't, you know, there's nothing for me to do. And I felt charged, like I had to do something. Like, you know, I said a prayer the night I thought I was dying. A friend of mine passed away. And I don't know if it caused anxiety or whatever, but I felt like I, I, was, I couldn't breathe. I was having these attacks. And I just pray, God, if I wake up tomorrow, I won't take another minute for granted, you know. Mm. And um, and so I just started trying to find a way, a new way, a new thing that I could be doing that was purpose driven. So I set out initially to write a book. But as I'm sitting watching Netflix with everybody else, I realized nobody's reading books. Maybe I mm. should make a movie. And that's where the idea <laughs> to make the film Die mm. Will He Die. <laughs> Uh, so that that's that's how we got there. That's how we got to the movie. Let me let me ask you a question, Ron, about your your process of putting the movie together. You, okay. you mentioned something about um, how to prevent the Willie Lynch syndrome from happening, and we all know it's, Willie Lynch was not real. But what what are some of the things that you targeted within yourself that you thought you needed to change? Because to help us un understand what we have to identify that we, we need a change. So what were some of the things that you, you identify within yourself uh, that you, you, you changed course on um, in dealing with your children? So my, my primary driver, there were two primary drivers that affected um, my, my process of change. And in, in terms as it relates to the Willie Lynch uh, situation. So the first was, um, if, if anybody ha is not familiar with the Willie Lynch letter, one of the first uh, tenets of um, programming African Americans for failure is to remove the uh, the black man from the household. Mm -hmm. uh, I grew up. Uh, my father, unfortunately, was a victim uh, of narcotics in the '80s, and so we had a very choppy and dicey relationship, you know, on and off. Sometimes I see him, sometimes I don't. 
So the, the first thing that I, I wanted to make sure I did it myself was, was to be present. Uh, because as a kid, you know, I have periods of time where I don't recall my father. When I, when I was with my father, it was, it was great times, right? But mm. when, when he was going through his things, I never, I didn't see my father. So the first thing I wanted to make sure I did it myself was, uh, no matter how hard marriage was or things that we were going through was to, to stick it out and, and to be present. Um, the second thing that that prompted me personally, and I want to make sure that I um, I instill with my children was something for my mother. My mother, like most mothers, want to want to keep her their children safe, right? Um, I always I was always entrepreneurial, like all my life I've been this way. But I grew up in an environment different than today's environment where that wasn't encouraged. It was always go to school, get a job. That was the safe thing to do. So my mother was, when I went to college, I didn't want to go to college, but I went to college because I didn't want to disappoint my mother. And so with my children, what I didn't want to do was impose my beliefs or on what they should do with their lives on them. So I took a different approach with my children. I, I, I watch my children for their gifts and their talents. And then I encourage them to try them. And I let I let, you know, how that process flows. So if they take hold to something after I encourage them to try it, then, you know, I lean into them a little more to take it more serious. But I don't tell them you have to do this. Right. I grew up. I'm first generation college student like myself and a couple of my cousins were like the first people in our family to go to college. So that was a big thing to my parents. For me, it's a big thing that my children fulfill their purpose. So those are, you know, two primary things that I can identify for myself. Um, other people in the movie have different things, you know, but uh, but for me, it was it was the parenting, how I was raised, and and not wanting to make those same mistakes. Excellent point. Wow, you know, you brought up a great point, and it's is college necessary? And I think we need to do a separate podcast on that, to be honest with you, because I truly believe that it is. I think that's where you make your mistakes and you can be, you can grow and, and, but, um, but definitely purpose and being purpose driven is what you said that I'd like to underscore um, that when we raise our children in order for us to all be free, um, we have to start out with mental freedom and the freeing, freeing of the mind. And so I agree with you wholeheartedly when it comes to what um, helping children, encouraging them to identify what their purpose is, what their gifts and natural gifts and talents are. Um, and you also said something that brought to mind this phrase, more is caught than taught. And when you say that the change begins with me, that is such a powerful statement because I remember, and I'll share a short story. I always say we are, um, it's a long way up from the M word. And so we have to be kind with each other. We have to be gentle with each, with each other. And people like you are the ones that are contributing to elevating the culture, elevating the generations to the next level up from the N word. And, and it reminds me of when I was growing up and I remember we had my son um, and my son was born out of love um, and, and he was wanted. 
we waited on purpose to have him. We we didn't have a problem getting pre- pregnant. He was wanted. And I remember taking him over to my dad's house and just loving on him. And my dad was loving on Cor's first great great grandson. And I was like, oh, we're gonna get we're gonna get ready. We're gonna go have some dinner. And my father said, Well, I ain't babysitting. And I stopped him. My baby was in my arms. And it was like he 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 probably wasn't even a month old. And I said to him, my father, I said, stop. Nobody asked you to babysit. My child is wanted. And I don't ever want you to say that again. I don't ever want you to use words in his presence that make him feel like he's not wanted. And I think about what we say when you, all that stuff you were talking about in the beginning, what we say lands into their spirit. And so moving away from, you know, intentional, and that's just an overused words today, but intentional parenting, that's my comment. Now, my question is, this, I saw the promo for this film. It is very well done. Did you go to film school? Where'd your training come from? (laughs) So, um, so fortunately for me, uh, I I have a very uh, strong network and, and, and I made some mistakes. I've, I've been doing business long enough to make some mistakes, right? So I, rather than try to do this myself, I employed people that I knew were professional. And uh, I'm fortunate to have a few friends that are Emmy Award winners. And so I hired uh, an Emmy Award winning uh, filmmaker producer by the name of Tamajian Jones. Uh, and also hired a, uh, a Grammy-nominated composer by the name of Valdez Brantley um, and a, a host of other professional people who do exceptional jobs at what they do. And um, I just I, I trusted the people that knew what they were doing, and, they, and I brought my vision. I did what I did best, and they did what they did best. Hmm. I applaud Great. you for that. Wow. So what can we expect now that the project's complete? How are you going to get it out there? What message you want to send? How do we share this? Because I, it, it's much needed, much needed to psychologically shift our thinking on how we move forward and how we navigate this world and to take away those shackles on our mind from colonialism and slavery and things that just passed down from generations. We don't know how to get out of that, you know? So. And it is an overused word, but intentional is something that we have to do to take those shackles off. Indeed. So at the time of this interview, we are not done with the film, but we're okay. almost done. We're, we're I'm in the studio right now waiting for my engineer to finish mixing uh, some music for the movie. But we're very close. Hopefully by Monday we'll be done. But uh uh, the plan right now is we have a uh, we have a, a digital screening. Uh, this is like a, a Black History Month special type of screening um, that'll be online uh, February fifth, where people can watch the movie for that day, uh, and we'll probably have some type of discussion um, just online. Uh, we we have requests coming in now from the website to do um, in person screenings in different places. So. Uh, you know, we'll we'll be lining up a lot of live events where we actually come out, show them, show the film. Uh, we may attach a concert to it, some music. Uh, you know, make it an event for people to come out and just really build with each other. 
in, in terms of getting the word out, um, sending people to diewillyfilm.com. Uh, that's where people can learn more about the film. They can see the trailers. They can see who's in the movie. Um, they'll, they'll get some, some more insight as to uh, why the movie is important uh, because it does address, you know, when people ask, why die, will he die? Why do you call this die, will he die? That's the first thing I get, you know, and, they, and, and the thing was, one, part of it, it just kind of popped in my head while I was in the shower. I mean, and it was like, what do I call this? Die, will he die? What, what are you trying to do? Kill the ghost of Willie Lynch. What does that mean? Well, that means that we break the slave mindset that we pass down. Okay, so yeah, that makes sense. We can run with that, right? Uh, so the film in itself, you know, to, to do the things that you spoke of, with breaking the colonialism and, and all of those things, the film does do that. Um, but primarily the film is a seed. This is a, actually the first film in a series of three. And so this first one is more about mindset and awakening your mind. Uh, the second one is more about putting together a plan, a plan for the community with actionable items in which, you know, people would be able to see that journey and what that looks like. And then the, the final film will be a film that's documenting the fruit of the labor from the first two movies. So this is, for me, a lifetime project. And, um, you know, it, it's something that we'll be committed to until until it's done, until the mission is complete. So the goal is to watch the movie, tell your kids what you learned about yourself and, and, and make some changes in yourself and then and let them follow those changes. That's the, the primary goal. Amazing. Incredible. Thank you. Congratulations. I, I don't know. I, I can't tell you how delighted I am and excited I am about this project. I, I am going to lend my my platform. I'm the executive producing director of the Atlanta Black Theater Festival. Um, and that's another hat that I wear in, in addition to this podcast. I don't know if you knew that, but we I would didn't. love, <laughs> we would love to host a screening either virtually or um or live during during the festival this year, um, we would absolutely love to get on your calendar because, you know, there's so many unsung heroes and sheroes out here doing things to better our community and we don't make the news. That's why it doesn't make the six o'clock news. That's mm -hmm. why we started Black Family Table Talk so that we could celebrate people like you. So this is right on point for our mission and what we do. We must tell our stories. And I just absolutely love that you include the good, bad, and the ugly, what we need to grow, what we need to do to, um, to be better, but at the same time, celebrating those who are doing the work and, and are there with their families and shaping the minds of our of the next generation. And I'm telling you, we can't be stopped. We cannot, with people like you, we cannot be stopped. People like me don't exist without people like you. So I, you know, I appreciate people that have platforms that, that open the door to share these messages. Because you're right, it's very difficult to uh to cover, right? Because it's, you know. Some people are going to find offense in intelligent conversation, right? You know, it, and they can't accept it as just intelligent conversation. Uh, we've gotten to a place in the world where we can't agree. We can't disagree. And if we disagree, you know, we got to fight or I mean, you know, it's, it's OK to disagree. It's everybody doesn't live the same life. Everybody doesn't have the same views. Everybody doesn't share the same experiences. 
And one thing I would like for us as a people, people of African descent, is to understand that we live on, on multiple levels, right? There are, I mean, every mm. black person I know has a cousin that's ignorant. You know what I mean? Wow. And every person, <laughs> person I know has a cousin or a brother that's uppity. And everybody got a cousin or brother or sister that's just, they don't care. They're just there, you know. But we have to learn to embrace all of them. You know what I mean? We can't, it's, you can't separate the, the people that live in, in a certain condition from the people that live. We got to start recognizing ourselves because at the end of the day, when, when the police pull us over, when we're getting beat up or when we not, we're getting denied credit for housing and all that, they're not looking at you and saying, oh, you're this type of black person or you're that type of black. You're black. You're in America and you're going to get discriminated against the same exact way. It's a song dating back, back to most death. <laughs> and I'm not going to say the name of the song because I we have established that we're not using that word on the podcast. But mm. it's called Mr. N. And in this mm. song, he talks about no matter how famous and successful he is, and no matter how well he does, mm-hmm. society still treats him like a N-word. N-word. So yeah. Yeah. We, we, as black people, we got to learn to break the divisions. We can, we can learn to be okay. You can be Muslim, I can be Christian. You can be whatever else you want to be, and I can be whatever else I want to be, but we can still love each other. We don't have to agree Abs- to love each other. Love a- don't absolutely. have to agree. But that's absolutely. a message that I think we need to hear. Absolutely. And the movie does that. Absolutely. Everybody has a role and a lane to to ride in and a purpose in life. And and among us, people of African descent, Africans in the diaspora, we have to just love on each other regardless. Um, And the divisions, we put people down for whatever reason, and we have to get away from that. And um, and, and recognize that we are one people. We we have all have a role and a purpose in life. If we can love on each other and tell our story, um, that that will take us a long way. Amen. That's the answer. Is Mama Soul would say, "Love is our superpower." Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, I am so happy that you joined us. We're going to end the podcast here, but I'm going to include the audio of your film promo. Uh, again, thank you for being a part of the of the podcast today, and God bless you and your work. We'll be in touch to to get that screening done virtually sometime this year, virtually or or live, definitely. Okay. I, de- I definitely will be coming to Atlanta. So that, that'll be work. That'll work for us. Awesome. Every person in the world has a problem to solve, right? My problem to solve was to give the next generation a better opportunity than I had. Black and gifted, but I didn't act right. Home life shifted. My papa on a crack pipe. My father was a pimp and a drug pusher. I did not know my biological father. My dad was a Ford Motor Company guy for 38 years. Everything that I've that I've done has something to do with things that I've seen my, my father doing. I don't want to pass my negative thoughts or my my dispositions on my children. I want them to have freedom to to think for themselves. I'm standing on my principles. I don't want to teach my kids hate. You can't shape adults. You know, adults have to want to change themselves. 
but children. Ah, ah, children. You can shape a child. Plot twist. That concludes this week's talk. We hope you found some tools to add to your strong black family toolbox. And be sure to sign up for a free subscription at blackfamilytabletalk.com for special discounts and product offers reserved exclusively for you. Don't forget to tell a friend about our weekly podcast and blog. Available on Apple Pod, Google, Pandora, Spotify, and everywhere podcasts are heard. Under Section 107 of the Copyright Act of 1976, allowance is made for fair use for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, and research. Fair use is abuse permitted by copyright statute that may otherwise be infringing. The news and opinions expressed on Black Family Table Talk do not necessarily reflect various platform posts. All topics are for entertainment purposes. Discretion is strongly advised and all commentary is alleged. This is a Micah 68 Media LLC production.